0: You're listening to the Elevate Maine Podcast. To learn more about Elevate, visit our website at www.elevate.org.ph. We hope you enjoy today's talk. Hello, everyone. It's such a joy to be back and to see you all here at our Saturday Night Service. Again, for those that this is your first time, you're our guest, we have something special for you, the SNS Lounge. And if you're not yet part of a small group, you know, here in Saturday, Saturday Night Service, we're really a community. But you can feel and experience the community through the small group. So please... Go there later, join a small group, sign up, and if you want to serve, you know we have a lot of, lot of ministry here as well. Again, Jay-Z mentioned earlier we're starting this news, new series entitled Hashtag Worth It: Finishing Well. Because, of course, our desire is not just for you to have a good start in your relationship with God, but for all of us to really finish well and finish strong. In reality, there are a lot of Christians, they're good at the start. Diba maraming magaling sa simula. Okay, but then they don't finish well. What we desire is that all of us, we will finish well. And I realize the reason why some people, it's hard for them to finish well. Because in our Christian life, there will be challenges, there will be difficulties, there will be problems. Now who among you here, you have problems right now in your life. Can you raise your hands? Wow, may mga hindi nagtaas ang kamay. Tindan niyo nga yung katabi niyo na hindi nagtaas. Wow, buti ka pa, walang problem. (laughs) Okay? Because the reality, all of us, we will have challenges. That's normal, perfectly normal, right? All the problems, whether sickness, finances, whatever it is. And the question that may arise when we have problems is this question. The question is this. Can we flash that on the screen? Is it worth it to follow Jesus even if life is constantly challenging? You see, it's one thing to follow Jesus for, let's say, a week or maybe a month or once a week, Sunday or Saturday, but to follow him consistently in spite of all the challenges and problems, that's another story. That's why the perseverance, the determination, the hard work—all of those things—we can see that in the scripture. And because of the challenges, we can't help but ask this question: Is it really worth it? Worth it nga ba, Pastor Marty? I have—I've been experiencing all of these challenges. And the problem with challenges is this: We start comparing ourselves with other people. Bakit sila? They're not Christians and they're blessed. Bakit siya, they're not He's not a Christian. Sa in sinagot hindi ako. Right? For the singles. Why they have I've been following you, Lord. Attending Bible study. Doing all of these things. Why aren't you blessing me? Where are you in the picture of my life now, Lord? And maybe some of you have asked that question. And as a result of that question, some of us, we tend to give in to the world's pressure. We tend to go back to our old ways. And then we start making excuses that... Well, Lord, it's okay to compromise every now and then and to do what I want, even though it's sinful, because I want to be happy. I want to have fun. But that's the normal experience of a lot of Christians right now. That's why it's so hard to finish well, because we start asking that question, is it worth it? Now, the good news is, this series is still part of the bigger series, which is a character study. We've been studying characters, right? Last week, we talked about Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz. So, we're going to continue that. We're going to look at different characters in the Scripture, in the Bible, how God worked mightily in their lives in spite of their failures, in spite of their challenges. We see God work. What I love about what we have been doing for the past few weeks is, when we study a, script, a, a character in the Bible— Somehow we can relate. Of course, we're not like David, we're not like Moses, we're not like Joshua and all of those mega Bible characters, right? But somehow they experience certain difficulties that is very relatable to us. And we can see how they responded and we can see God's work in their lives. Now the character that we're going to look at today, very familiar, you saw that already in the passage that we've read. It's found in Genesis chapter 37. Let's look at the background first. So who's this character? Joseph, verse 2 and 3. When he was 17 years old, can we read that together? He was what? Pasturing the flock with his brothers. He was still a youth, along with the sons of Bilhah, the sons of Silpa, his father's wives. Now that background in itself, you can see that the family was quite, quite chaotic. It was quite confusing. Imagine growing up, Family, you only have one dad with four mothers, okay? Four wives. That's difficult. It's an imperfect family. Now, when you have stories like this, the Bible is not saying you copy it. So, mga husbands dito, don't make that the application in your life. Oh, And that's not the lesson here, okay? This one is what you call a descriptive passage. It was just describing history. In spite of the imperfections of Jacob and his family, in spite of all of those wrong decisions god was with them he was gracious but god his, his desire is for all of us to follow him and to follow his ways and of course in today's generation he wants us one wife one husband okay now going back to this what happened to that joseph in the next part of the verse brought back a bad report about them to their father you know that phrase bad report the hebrew description there is para syang, ano sya, very negative or evil Yung description. In other words, maghilig siyang sumbong. Do you know a family member na laging nagsusumbong? Okay. So gano'n si Joseph. Maybe he was naive. Maybe he was quite proud because he was the favorite son. But regardless, that was what he was doing. And as a result of that, of course, Israel or we know as Jacob, uh, Jacob loved Joseph more than all of his sons. Again, another wrong thing that you can do in a family. So for the parents who are here, Please don't have favorites, okay? I have four wonderful kids. I have three favorite boys and one favorite girl, okay? So I have one girl and three boys. But don't play favorites. This is not something that we should exercise. But somehow, this was happening. It was an imperfect family. Because he was the son of his old age, he made him a multicolored tunic. Remember, remember the story, right? Some of you have watched Joseph the Dreamer, the play, the musical, right? So that's the story behind this. And because of this favoritism, look at the effect in the family. His brothers saw what? That their father loved his brother him more than all his brothers. So they, what? Hated him. Could not speak to him on friendly terms. I mean this is quite normal somehow in a, in a family setting. We somehow sometimes feel bad or feel that we don't want to be with our parents, with our family members. Somehow we don't maybe feel the hate, but somehow we're frustrated. Can you ask your family member kung mo, Frustrated ka na ba sa family. You don't need to answer. I don't I can okay? But that's reality. That happens. Whether here in this country, thousands of years ago it was happening in different parts of the world that's because the the world is problematic and because of this hate that the brothers had to Joseph what happened what did they do we know the story I'm just summarizing it because I'm gonna focus on different parts The story was, since they hated Joseph, they want to get rid of him. So when he was about to call them, because his dad, Jacob, told Joseph, can you find your brothers, okay? I want you to find them where they are. Here's that message that I want you to give to them. So when they saw Joseph, what did they do? Let's get rid of him. They threw him in that cistern in a deep well, and they saw a caravan, and they decided, let's not kill him. Let's just sell him. Imagine if you're Joseph you were thrown in the cistern so far so good in life you're the favorite but now you were thrown in the cistern and now you're taken away from the cistern thinking well thank you please forgive me please don't kill me and then you were sold as a slave that's quite frustrating how are you gonna respond I really believe Joseph knows God Yahweh but how can he reconcile Lord I know you and now I'm sold as a slave? What, what are you doing? I'm not doing anything. Oh, oh am ako, but I'm not that bad. Why is this happening to me? You know, two possible responses that we can make when there are challenges in life. First possible response is either we, are, we step in faith or we step in fear. We're afraid. We're afraid of following Jesus, following God. We're afraid of te- taking that step of faith or we want to take that step of faith, regardless of how difficult it is. Or when there are challenges, possible uh, responses, we trust God. Okay, Lord, I don't understand, but I'm gonna trust you. We hear messages like that, but there's also that temptation to rebel. Why? Because we have unanswered questions. God, hindi mo naman sinasagot yung questions ko. Eh. Answer my questions, and I'm gonna follow you because I don't understand. For some people, it's God's way. Okay, Lord, I'm gonna choose Your way. But then for some, sometimes, and these are not just Christians, even non-Christians experience this, but mostly Christians. This is our struggle. It's like it's pulling us to the left or to the right. God's way, my way, I will run to God, hold on to Him, or I will run away from Him. I'm going to hold on to Him, or I'm going to hold on to myself. And if we're not careful, the pressures of the world and perspective of the world will influence our minds and our hearts. And we'll choose the other side. So, how will we be protected from choosing the wrong side and instead choose the side that God wants us to choose and respond in the way that He wants us to respond? Because the reality is this we will have problems in life. Tell your seatmate, Magkaka problema ka? Hindi <laughs> da okay? That's the reality. Okay, you can't escape that. That's normal. We will get sick. We will have problems at work. You will have problems at school. You will have problems with your family members. Even though your seatmate looks perfect today, maybe tomorrow he will not or she will not look perfect anymore because there will be problems. And here's the secret that we will learn in the life of Joseph. For life to be worth living, we need the presence of God. We can't do it on our own. For life to be worth living, we need someone to back us up, to support us so that we can succeed in this journey called Christianity. We can't do that on our own. Just like in any path that you take, whether it's a business path or you want to be a doctor, a successful doctor or an engineer, you can't do it alone. You need all the support groups that you need that can support you and guide you to reach that goal. What more the Christian life? Just like what Pastor Peter always mentions about Christianity, it's impossible without the power of the Holy Spirit, without God's presence. That's why our message today is this, live in God's presence. Now tell your seatmate, one, two, three, go. Live in God's presence. One main point, one main idea, so you won't forget this. You live in God's presence because the reality is this, He promised His presence to us the problem is we're the ones running away God is always there but we're the ones who decides I don't want to be with you he's there what's my proof look at Hebrews chapter 13 let's read this together verse 5 and 6 he himself has said I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you, so that we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? Hindi ibig sabihin, nakatulong na utus utusa musigada. That's not the word helper there. It means that he is our associate, will help us, will guide us, will support us. He is the one who is in complete control with authority and power. And we can't do life on our own. That's why he promised, I will never desert you. I will never forsake you. Of course, this promise primarily focused onto those who are part of his family. But here's the thing. Even if you're not yet part of his family, you're not a committed Christian, guess what? He is there. There to convict, there to rebuke, there to guide you to the truth. He is always there. But the good news, if you're a follower of Jesus, look at the next verse. John 14, verse 23. Let's read this together. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and looks the promise we will come to him the father son the Holy Spirit and make our abode He will stay in us that's the presence of God the Holy Spirit that's why the second most important message after hearing about the gospel of Jesus Christ do you know the second most important message is the Holy Spirit We need God's presence in our lives it's impossible we can see that in the story later on you will see God was very present in the life of Joseph that's why you know what happened to him that's why he became successful that's why God was with him it doesn't mean you won't you won't have problems but in spite of the problems the power of God will be with you so what does that mean when you live in God's presence it means here's the definition it means that we are aware that he is here that he sees us he knows us he desires to help us i love the word aware and i realize the reason why we need to talk about this because our tendency sometimes is to hide our sin right when we're doing something bad we hide it thinking well ng sa akin thinking i don't think my father or my parents saw me take that 1000 pesos I don't think my parents saw me watch this pornographic material because they're asleep. I don't think they see us doing certain things, me and my girlfriend, that is not honoring to God because nobody's here. It's just the two of us. Guess what? God sees. Can you tell your seatmate, Alam mo you lord. Okay. I know. Seriously. That's what it means when you say you're aware. Because some people think, walang makakaalam that I cheated on my taxes. Guess what? Alam ni Lord. Walang nakakaalam that I did this to him. I was, and walang nakakaalam ng thoughts ko about this person. Diba sometimes we're talking to this person, ang bite-bite natin, but in our minds, yari ka, ang sama na ugali mo, pa-smile-smile ka dyan, ha? Diba? Let's be honest, how many times have you felt that? Talking to someone Na talagang, ano lang, okay, sige, tao na lang ako. But in my mind and in my heart, I just want to punch him. Right? The person doesn't know, but who knows? God knows. That's what it means when you're aware. And the beautiful thing with living in God's presence is once you're aware, it impacts your life. How will it impact your life? Look at this. Three things that it will impact your life. Number one, it's going to affect your work life. Or if you're a student, it's also work, you're studying, you're working by studying, right? So it's going to impact your work life, whether as a student, as a businessman, uh, in the corporate world. It's going to affect your moral life, and it's going to affect your emotional life. It's holistic. When we're living in God's presence, being aware that God is here, He knows us. And here's the beautiful thing about He knows us. Do you know God knows you more than you know yourself? God knows me more than I know myself that's the problem of the world right now the world teaches the ultimate person who knows who you are is yourself that's a lie the world or even especially Satan wants us to believe that so that we don't choose God's Word we don't go to God and say Lord I don't understand what I'm feeling but I know you do here's the problem with the statement of the world when they say you're the best person to understand yourself That statement is so false because a lot of people who said that, they still don't understand what they feel. Majority, if not all of them. They say that they know who they are, but how come after a few years, they started becoming confused? So that's a lie. Never believe that lie. That's why we have the truth. God's Word. He created us. He knows who we are inside and out. Our weaknesses, our tendencies. And He's the best person to help us grow. In our married life, in our moral life, in our work life, and in our emotional life. Now let's look at the first one, because we can see this in the life of Joseph. The work life. How will this impact your work life? When I say work life, here's the reality. Here's the reality. When challenges in life are constant, it's always there. kapagod when the problems are always there. Maybe there's a new there's a problem that was solved, but then there's a new problem again. So, when the challenges are li- in life are constant, it's easy to give in to the pressures of the world. Right? make pressure that. Eh. Because we, we desire to have comfort. We desire the Lord sa mawala na yung painful situations. So, I just want comfortable situations. So, oh, sige, I'm going to just give in to the pressures. If they're all cheating, I'm also going to cheat because I don't want any you know, conflict. If they're lying, I'm also going to lie. We tend to give in to the pressures of the world or just go with the flow. na naman talaga eh na lang. I've counseled a lot of people, you know, businessmen Nah, that's their problem. But everybody's cheating taxes, why shouldn't I? Everybody's doing this, why shouldn't I? I will There's that statement. Baka mahuli ako sa career. Baka yung income namin not enough. I have this desire to help my family and those are good desires. But don't give in to the pressure that's what happened to Joseph what happened to Joseph when he was sold as a slave he was taken down where to Egypt and Potiphar an Egyptian officer of Pharaoh came a captain of the bodyguard brought, bought him from the Ishmaelites Ishmaelites the sa brothers sa ni Joseph and then they sold him to Potiphar who had taken him down there let's read verse 2 together the first statement do they go the Lord was with presence of God I really believe Joseph knows Yahweh the Lord because that one, no, oh, O R D capital L O R D the Yahweh God was with Joseph so what does that mean it means God was the one who caused the blessing yes he caused the blessing and the favor from other people because here's the thing that Joseph cannot do he cannot change the heart of Potiphar he cannot change the hearts of the other people there but what can he do he can do his best at work so god also gave him the strength and the wisdom how to work here's the truth about god's presence when god's presence is with us he will remind us send people to rebuke us so that we will excel i remember this student he was uh, struggling in school and because the 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 system the the subject was really hard but he knows what he needs to do. There were so many reminders already. Magaral ka, gawin mo assignment mo, and even the teacher has given him so much grace. God was working, but then he had a struggle. His number one struggle is cutting classes. Why? Because he was with his wrong friends. The friends would tell him, "Kaya papa classes na tayo. Let's just play billiards. Usupain billiards on time Right? Let's just play computer games. Let's just go out. And guess what? After that semester, he failed that subject. And when he was talking to that pastor, he said to the pastor, Pastor, ang hirap, hirap talaga na subject na to. Mahirap or hindi kanag aral? Mahirap or you didn't do your best? Because kaya naman talaga. Eh. That's what Joseph did. He could, have, he could have made all the reasons and told God, Lord, I'm a slave here. My life is worth nothing. I'm just, you know, go with the flow. Magiging I'm not gonna excel. I'm gonna be angry at Potiphar because I'm angry at my brothers. Sometimes, like, when we're angry at someone, we shift it to other people because there's that anger issue. He could have responded like that, but he didn't. Why? First, the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was giving him favor. But at the same time, the Lord was reminding him, You have to excel. So, what happened afterwards? Look at verse 3. Now, his master saw that. What? Now his master saw that the Lord was with him and how the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hand. You know what I realized? Joseph modeled to Potiphar how to follow Yahweh. And at the same time, most probably Joseph told Potiphar he's worshiping Yahweh. Maybe they were praying because Egyptians, they have many gods, right? So Potiphar maybe was telling Joseph, oh, you pray to this God. And then Joseph said, sorry, sir, may iba po ang My God, his name is Yahweh, and I'm worshiping him. And somehow, that surprised Potiphar. Okay, okay. And somehow, because of that, you know, because Joseph was saying that, and he was living that kind of life, excellent life, Potiphar was amazed. And Potiphar experienced the blessing too. Look at the next verse, verses 4 and 5. So Joseph found favor in his sight and became his personal servant. Imagine, he told Joseph, Ang galing mo, Joseph, you're now my personal servant. Imagine that, that's the presence of the Lord. And look at the next part. He made him overseer over his house. All that he owned, he put in his charge. All the money. Okay, you take care of this, Sa Oh, itong cellphone ko, tago mo, ha? Of course, with a cell phone, but you get what I'm saying, okay? And then what else? It came about that from the time he made him overseer in the house and over all that he owned, the Lord, what? Look at the blessing. Bless the Egyptian's house on account of Joseph. Thus, the Lord's blessing was upon all that he owned in the house and in the field. Imagine this. The impact of your work ethic and your excellence because you're serving God is not just for you. The impact will also be for other people. The impact will also be for your family. And the vice versa is true. If you're not working hard and working for the Lord, the impact can also be seen. The negative impact will also be seen in your life, in your family's life, in your finances, in your career, in other people. Kaya sinabini Paul sa Colossians chapter 3. Let's read this together. Colossians chapter 3, 1, 2, 3, go. Whatever you do, do your work heartily. As for the Lord, rather than for men. I love the word heartily. You know why it was used heartily? Because you can just say work hard. A lot of people work hard, but they're so tired, exhausted, and they feel like they just wanna quit. But if you work heartily, kahit mahirap, you're gonna work hard. Because it's from the heart. It's with all your heart. Have you ever tried doing something that you really love to do? Hindi na ka right? For example, when I was courting my wife, pa siya wife I was in Quezon City, she lives in Antipolo. And there is a lot of traffic sometimes going there. But I'm, was I tired going back and forth from Quezon City to Antipolo? No. Kahit gano pa ka traffic yan. Kahit on the way, sabi niya, I'm sorry, kailangan natin cancel yung date natin. You can't go here kasi may gagawin kami. And then I'm gonna go back. It's okay. It's not something na, ay, naman to. Why? Because I love doing it. If you love doing something, even if it's tiring, you're gonna do it. What more if you love doing it for the Lord? That's working heartily. What's our message again? Live in God's presence. Again, tell your seatmate. One, two, three, go. Live. It's going to impact your work life. For the students who are here, I promise you, you work for the Lord, you live in God's presence as you study. It makes studying easier. You know, the requirements in school, the requirements at work. Usually, it's just same lang yan. For all the people that in, that in the same course, same yan. The difference maker is your response. The difference maker is how you respond to the challenges. The difference is how you react, how you do what God wants you to do, and are you listening? Now, I know some people are saying, but Pastor Marty, it's just hard emotionally. That's why... The next impact there later on is the emotional life. But the first thing that it will impact on your life is your work life. That's why we need to live in God's presence. Now, the second one is the moral life. So, first is the work life. We saw that in Joseph. He was excellent. And later on, actually, you will see in his story, he was not just an excellent slave. He was an excellent prisoner, It doesn't matter where God placed him, kahit he nilagay excellencia and just going back to the work life I realized the problem with a lot of Gen Z or a lot of young people right now and not just young people not that they're not excellent I know a lot of Gen Z young people right now are very excellent but they complain a lot you did you don't see that in Joseph's life he could have complained many times why am I cleaning the toilet why am I doing this I'm cooking the same thing, right? I want to go home. I don't understand what they're saying about. Maybe eventually he understood. He could have complained. That's why I saw this, I think, uh, reel, a real video comparing the millennials when they resign and the Gen Z when they resign. The millennials, when they resign, they're very polite. Now you know, I really want to work here, but there's a better opportunity, so I'm you know, really sorry. But I hope I will finish my requirement. Okay, I'll finish my requirement. Until there's a replacement, I will still work here. So me ka polite. But the Gen Z somehow ganito din culture. You know, this is really not for me, and I'm gonna resign right away. So just bye. So thank you. There's a better opportunity. So I know you will miss. A, there's a vacant place, a spot for your company. But you can handle that. Thank you. Bye. Close. It was a Zoom resign daw. Ganon sila magresign. Because they feel entitled. Joseph didn't feel entitled. That's the biggest, I think, uh, problem now when it comes to work. It's not the laziness. Because we know we shouldn't be lazy. But it's more of the entitlement. Imagine, a graduate you want to be a manager. Seriously, a lot of young people are like that. Tapat manager na ako. graduate mo palang. And they complain with their salary. Tapat 50,000 na ako. When I worked, after I graduated, I graduated from a great school, okay? It's the best school for me, okay? It's, it's color blue. That's why it's the best, okay? So, I graduated from that school. I didn't complain. My, my first job, I think my salary was less than 10000 That was 2000-something, 2000 2000, I don't remember. Early 2005, 2006. Right? And I didn't complain. It's okay. It was in Makati. But right now, kahit na, $30,000 we keep complaining we haven't even proven anything yet but we keep complaining and that's going with the flow when God when we're living in God's presence it teaches us not to complain it teaches us to be grateful it doesn't mean you cannot call certain bad practices in the office I'm not I'm not saying that you don't call those bad practices you don't tell your boss now boss there's some wrong practices it's okay but if you keep complaining, keep reacting negatively. I promise you, it's hard to work with you. Some of the bosses right now in the companies, they don't just look for people who are excellent, but people who have a positive outlook in life. Because if you, they keep working with people who are complainers, mahaway yung iba. When someone keeps on complaining, nahaway yung iba. Because some, suddenly certain people doesn't, didn't see this, but since this person keeps nagging and nagging and complaining, it's not helpful. It destroys relationship. It destroys the unity. Now going back to that, our message, moral life will also be impacted uh, positively when we live in God's presence. Why? Because when challenges in life are constant, it's easy to give in to selfishness and sin. I noticed that, huh? if, there are, if the going gets tough, especially, you know, some people who are, you know, uh, they're experiencing so many difficulties in life. and are their I want my way. Can I just cheat right now? Can I just do this immoral act right now? Because I just want to feel good. I just want the happiness, the joy. Can I just watch pornography right now? Because I just want to feel good. That's the problem when there are challenges. That's why I like what Joseph did. Because Joseph was excellent, okay? He was working really hard, pero may problema si Joseph. What was his problem? Look at the next verse. 39 verse 6, 7. 1, 2, 3, go. Now, Joseph was? Yan. Can you look at your seatmate, the guy? Can you ask your guy, seatmate, problema mo ba yan? ba? <laughs> because that's his problem. You know, sometimes, mahirap talaga maging pogi. <laughs> yan ayari kay Joseph. He was so handsome in did we describe uh, in form and appearance. So his entire body was handsome, his looks, his appearance was handsome. It came about after these events from that his master's wife, Potiphar's wife, looked with desire at Joseph and, and she said, lie with me. Imagine that. And he was away from his family. You know, it's easy to give in in this situation. You know why? You don't have a D group. My D group? Wala. does he have a church well can he text someone i'm tempted right now Wala. there's no one to text there's no accountability partner but he has the greatest accountability partner what did he say in verse 9 there is no one greater in this house than i he has withheld nothing from me except you because you're his wife how then look could i do this great evil and sin against God that's living in God's presence I know a lot of people struggle with pornography because we have this mindset na, Wala eh. that's why the main message is live in God's presence why because before you watch that you have to think somebody is watching not my mom not my dad but God is here he is aware before you cheat on your taxes before you commit that adulterous act before you commit any of those evil things you have to ask yourself somebody is watching who is watching me god is the one watching you and if you're aware with that i promise you it's going to protect you from unnecessary actions evil actions evil intent that's why living in god's presence is very important and look at what happened to joseph he didn't just say this once or, or, if, or somehow flee from Potiphar's wife once. He did this constantly. Why? Look at the next verse. As she spoke to Joseph, for how often? Day after day. Ganun po kapogi si Joseph. Talagang habulin. Okay? You no, know, some say that hindi daw maganda si Potiphar's wife. I don't agree with that ha, because commander si Potiphar... Most probably, he was given someone who was extremely beautiful. So most probably beautiful, Potiphar's wife, but solid lang yung Again, if you're Joseph, you're there, nobody sees you. You can just do what you want. That's why sometimes, it's just my personal conviction regarding this. When young people decides to go abroad to work or to study, I'm nothing against that. But you have to make sure your relationship with God is solid. Because I've seen many times young people working abroad running away from God. Young people having all the money that they have in this because of the the what do you call that? Because of the salary and all of those things. But guess what? They're far away from God. What happened? Okay. They're far away from God. So that's just my reminder for the parents. I know that you have that dream working in the US, working in Europe, working in Australia and different parts of the world, but make sure. That you're living in God's presence, and you know how important that is. Now, look at this: God's protection. Look at. Let's go to the next slide. God's protection from sin and evil is always available. I promise you. Huh? I know all of us were tempted, but God's protection from sin and evil is always. It's always there. Problem natin. We're not just. Foc- we're not focused on Him. That's our problem. How do I know it's always there? First Corinthians 10, clear na clear, verse 13 no temptation i'm just gonna read this there you go no temptation has overtaken you except what something common to mankind so everybody's tempted you're not the only one tempted with that sin or that temptation but god is what faithful Faithful. he will never leave you that's his promise he's always faithful he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able imagine that but with the temptation what did he promise provide what there is Always a way of escape. I remember this guy, he committed adultery. And when he was reflecting on his sin, he noticed there were always windows to escape. There were always doors to open so that he could escape the adulterous relationship. He could have avoided it, but he decided to focus on the sin. He decided to focus on the pleasure. There's always a way out and also, there's always the power to endure it. Because some people are saying, I know there's a way out, but temptation is temptation." Yes, malakas temptation But what did the Apostle Paul say here, the last part? So that you will be able to what? Endure it. That power from the Greek word is dunamis, where you get the word dynamite. So when I was reflecting on that passage, how can you have the power to overcome sin? And I realized we can't. But who has the power? God. That's why what's our message? Live in God's presence. That's why we need God's power, especially in our moral life because the temptation in this world is real. It's strong. We can fight it on our own. That's what Joseph did. He was tempted so many times every single day, but he kept saying no, kept saying no. He ran away. And eventually after running away and leaving you know, his garment, what happened to him? Potiphar's wife told his husband, her husband she spoke to him with these words the Hebrew slave yung pogi this is what he did to me you brought to us came into me to make a sport look at this garment it's linen garment it's here I raised my voice wala naman but nobody saw it right screamed he left his garment beside me and fled imagine he did what's right and he was treated unfairly what happened after this Potiphar got mad, threw him to the prison. Unfair, naman, Lord. And that's why some Christians they start going back to the question: Is it still worth it to follow you? I I did it already. I've I've kept fleeing from this girl. It's not my fault. (laughs) Ginawa mo ko, Pogi, Lord. But Lord, I did it, naman. Why aren't you? Why are you allowing me to be in prison? It's so unfair. And in this time, he could have, you know, just did what he wanted to do. But let's look at verse 21. The Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him and gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. Imagine, even in prison, God was with him. The presence of the Lord gave him the favor from God. Other people were amazed by Joseph because he was still excellent. In other words, when he was there in the prison cell, he decided, I'm going to be the best prisoner for you, Lord. I mean, who does that? I don't know anyone who's in prison gaggling and go. You're in prison. They know you did something, or they think you did something bad, so just live that kind of bad life. But no, he, did, he decided, no, I'm going to be good here. How good was he? The chief jailer committed to Joseph's charge, verse 22. Chief jailer committed to Joseph charge all, can we move to the next slide, all the prisoners who were in the jail. Imagine that. He was the head prisoner, right? Because he was so good, he gave him the opportunity to, to lead. Okay, you know. And I really believe, here's the thing. I really believe the reason why the warden decided to put him in charge, because the other prisoners was fond of him. The other prisoners really saw him as a kind person. The other prisoners saw him as someone that's excellent, that they can trust. How do we know? Look at this. The chief jailer did not supervise anything under Joseph's charge because what? The Lord was with him. Here's one thing that was not in his control. The heart of the warden and the heart of the other prisoners. He wasn't in control of that. But he was in control of how he would respond. So he kept responding in love. He kept responding in grace. The Lord made him prosper in the prison cell. Not with money, but with his influence. And the other people were very kind to him. To the point that what happened, look at how kind Joseph was. This is one proof that he was kind. The two of the king's officials was put to prison. The chief, uh, the baker, and the cupbearer. They were in prison and they saw that Joseph saw them very sad. So when Joseph came to them in the morning and observed them, behold, they were dejected. Look at how caring Joseph was. He asked Pharaoh's officials, the baker and the cupbearer, old uh, cupbearer who were with him in confinement in his masters why are your faces so sad today in other words joseph in the prison cell he was not just uh, applying the rules or making sure that there's order in the prison cell he was also concerned with the welfare of all prisoners he wouldn't have done that if he wasn't concerned that's why he found favor amongst all of these people that's the moral life of joseph he wasn't just fleeing away from sin but it also involves how he responds to people his integrity his kindness his honesty that people could trust him and then eventually the two cupbearer and the baker told their dream that's why they were dejected and they interpreted joseph interpreted the dream in verse eight he said to him we have a dream there is no one to interpret it then joseph said there's god I'm worshiping God. He can interpret your dream. He told the dream and eventually, he told one of them, especially the cupbearer, keep me in mind when it goes well with you. Don't forget please. Because do, do kindness by mentioning me to Pharaoh to get me out of this house because this is not, I don't deserve this. I was kidnapped from the land of the Hebrews. Even here, I have done nothing that they should put have put me into this dungeon. I don't deserve it, but please, just tell Pharaoh about this. So imagine the hope that he has. He was being kind, he was doing these things. And you know what I realized? Look at this statement. People will notice a different kind of love from us because of God's presence. If God's presence, if we are aware of that and we're living in God's presence, we will love differently. The love of this world right now is very problematic. The more I watch online, the more I watch the news, I'm weird. Na the love of this world. It's very self-centered, very me-centered, very whatever you feel. That's really the love. And they're blatant about this. They don't care what Christians say. They don't care what other people say. They will blatantly tell others that the reason why I'm loving like this is because that's my definition of love. And it's very problematic. That's not genuine love. That's why when people around you see you, they should see a different kind of love. The right kind of love. The love that will lead them to Christ. The love that will make them say, Why hindi you ka ng love of ng world, but you're more happy? Why ka you ka ng love of ng world, but you have peace? How come you're not, you know, you don't talk about loving yourself, but you're content? what's with that love that my love cannot give me they should figure that out from you and me because that's what will happen if we live in God's presence what's our message again live in God's presence again tell your mate. one two three go live in God's presence what will happen when we do that when we're aware of God's presence number one our work life will be positively impacted number two our moral life will be positively impacted and third, our emotional life. Because, yes, sometimes, yeah, I want to be excellent. I'm going to do my best work. Yes, I'm going to flee from sin, from evil, all of these worldly stuff. I'm going to guard my moral life. But you know, our number one problem? I realize, of course, Satan is our number one enemy. But personally, do you know our number one problem? It's our heart, our emotional life. It's just so difficult to counter it. Ang hirap talaga. Mas madali nang i yung other people. Pero to counter your heart and your desire that is wrong, ang hirap. Kahit anong message mapakinggan nyo here, kahit anong Bible verse, kahit anong inspiring quotation na mabasa nyo, pag nagpilit ang puso, ang hirap talaga. That's why when challenges in life are constant, sometimes it's easy to give up on life. And that's the problem with just following your heart. Pansinimah, the world right now, majority will communicate, follow your heart, follow your heart, follow your desire. It'll make you happy. It'll make you happy. How come that message is spread all over the world, but statistically, we have more depressed people. We have more suicidal rates. We have more people who are just lost. We have more people who are not okay with their relationship. Why? Because that loving yourself solely doesn't work. That's why we need to live in the presence of God to guard our emotional life. Now, I want to ask, uh, I would ask one of our missionaries to share his testimony. His name is also Joseph. And I want you to watch, uh, to listen to what happened to him, how many challenges he experienced, but how the presence of God was very real in his journey in life. Let's all welcome Joseph Villarous.
1: Hello. Hello. So, hindi pa ako yung Joseph dun. So, lesser. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, here you go. So, at the young, of, young age of 13, I accepted Jesus to be my Lord and Savior and committed to, be, uh, committed to be discipled by Kuyamarti. I actively participated in ministry and took on leadership roles, but I soon realized that serving Jesus wouldn't always be smooth sailing. Problems and struggles came in my way, causing me to question my decisions and, con- and contemplate on giving up. So one of the toughest hurdles I faced was my family. Now, my father's gambling addiction led us to financial hardship. I witnessed my mother's daily struggle to make ends meet, and it created a deep sense of resentment towards my father. At one point, he, he even attempted suicide, which led me to question why God would allow this. I doubted God uh, how God could work in our lives during those difficult times, and the thought of quitting ministry crossed my mind. After college, I entered into a more after college I entered into immoral relationship with ser- while serving in church. I was torn, wanting to quit the ministry because of my sin, but God didn't allow me to give up. He intervened by leading me to transfer to CCF, and I was reconnected with my D group leader. I felt God's loving protection as He. Kept me in the Christian community and did not allow me to stray away. God used my D group leader and friends in CCF to lead me to repent of my sins, to restore my relationship with God, and to keep on moving, keep on serving. I felt like I was given a fresh lead and as I serve uh, God again in the youth ministry. This ignited, my, this ignited my passion and burden to invest my life in bringing young people to God. Eventually, God led me to leave my 10 year career in photography and and to serve him full time in elevate as a campus missionary. So my journey as a campus missionary has been amazing has been an amazing journey but it was not without many challenge not without challenges. As a campus missionary no of course financial struggles and doubts about my purpose in my life arose arose yeah arose okay so sorry so I compared myself to other campus missionaries and leaders with greater skills. No, I felt inadequate. My ability to study and interpret scriptures, there were moments when people left my discipleship group, causing me to question my leadership abilities. Despite my insecurities, God patiently encouraged me not to give up, to take away the focus from myself and to to instead keep my focus on him. God's grace helped me persevere and deal with my insecurities. So, when I married my wife Angela, she was, uh, so say Angela, we were excited to serve God together, of course. So, God led me to her, uh, God also led her to resign from her corporate job, and together we serve as as campus missionaries assigned to minister to students in Ortigas and those attending in CCF Maine. So, nothing compares. To the joy of fulfilling God's purpose of, for our marriage. So as we serve God together, we witnessed how God grew the ministry he, he entrusted to us and how he multiplied the disciples under us exponentially. So however, you no, know, people started attributing the success of our ministry solely solely to her abilities. And I, I did not respond, I did not respond well to this, of course. And I allowed it to affect my self-esteem, self-esteem. Negatively. Again, I struggled with feelings of inadequacy, uh, particularly in my ad- administrat- administrative skills and public speaking. of So, even after all that God has proven in my life, still I doubted his love for me. So, then, unexpe- then unexpectedly, God used an, afford- an unfortunate event, uh, event to bring me back to my senses. Last year, my wife and I attended a wedding in Iloilo where we both contracted COVID. So Angela's health deteriorated and was hospitalized for a week. At one point, her oxygen became dangerously low, putting her life at risk. In the midst of this overwhelming situation, I questioned why all this was happening even as we persevered in serving Him. God immediately reminded me to be thankful and worship Him despite our circumstances. As I prayed and expressed gratitude for who he is, peace and joy flooded my heart. From that moment forward, Angela's contrition improved. After Angela's near-death experience, I grew to appreciate her more and to value her contribution to the ministry. My resolve to fulfill God's calling for our marriage is stronger, stronger and to be the spiritual leader He wants me to be. Uh, please pray for me and Angela as God. Graciously, graciously expanded our ministry. So right now, we are taking care of 70 D-group leaders and 70 D-groups, all who are part of 17 colleges in all. So as for my family, I am learning not to give up on them as God has not given up on me. Slowly but surely, I can see God's work in my dad's life as he seeks to surrender his gambling addiction. I made the decision to forgive my father before I got married, and this finally freed me from years of bitterness. I am learning to be more intentional in showing love to my family and to patiently trust God's work in, our li- in their lives. As I look back on my life, I observe a common theme. Despite, many, despite my many attempts to quit, God extended His grace and consistently saved me, saved me. This taught me that as long as we are committed to stay in the center of His will, he will never give give up on us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He will patiently provide for us what we need to what we need to persevere. Following him is not about relying on my own strength, but rather depending on his strength. In God, I lack nothing. So I am Osep Villarus and I give all glory and praise to the Lord. Amen. So here Osep,
0: can we just pray for him first? Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for the life of Osap. Thank you that you were working mightily. There were moments that he wanted to quit. There were moments that he was disappointed. He was hurt. And there were moments that he responded not in the way that you want him to respond. But you never gave up on him. Thank you that you're using him now. Bless him and his marriage with Angela. Continue to use them as they reach more students in the campus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So the reason why I ask him to share, because not just because Joseph yung name yeah. because there's, that's another story of a Joseph because when you look at Joseph the dreamer, it seems like his life was quite perfect. He was not sinning, he was responding properly. But even if you don't respond properly at times, God's presence is there. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. That's why you continue to live in God's presence. Because as you watch your life, you'll see He was always there. He's always guiding you. Look at what happened to Joseph. This is the last stretch. He told the cupbearer, please don't forget me. But he was forgotten. Look at verse 23 of Genesis 40. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember. Joseph forgot him. For how long? It happened at the end of two full years. Imagine that. Pharaoh had a dream. And behold, he was standing at the Nile. And that was the time that Pharaoh couldn't interpret the dream. Nobody could interpret the dream that here's the cupbearer. And the cupbearer said, Pharaoh, I have this mistake in verse 9. Okay, look at verse 9 of Genesis 41. I have this mistake. I would make my mention today of my own offenses. There's this man, okay? Look at the next verse. There's this man. He can interpret dreams. He interpreted my dream. So what did Pharaoh do? Send this man. I want to talk to him. I want to share my dream to him. So he told Joseph the dream. Can you interpret my dream? And then Joseph said in verse 16, Joseph answered it is not me in me God is the one who will give favor or Pharaoh a favorable answer it's not me so he was able to interpret the dream what happened we'll just cut the long story short what happened the Pharaoh said to his servants can we find a man like this in whom is a divine spirit he didn't even acknowledge God he just realized there's a divine spirit here So Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has informed you, okay, your God has informed you, all of these things, you shall be over my house. Verse 40, according to your command, all the people shall do homage. Only in in the throne, I will be greater than you. I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Imagine that. How old was he when this happened? Next verse. Verse 46. Let's read verse 46. Now Joseph was... 30 years old he was 17 when he was old he was 30 when he became second in command how many years 13 I'm not saying 13 years before you get married for the singles who are here but what I'm saying is there's time God uses time there's a process I like this chart let's look at this chart the life of Joseph I think Pastor Peter showed this before He was a favored son, betrayed by his brothers, dumped into a pit, sold as a slave, promoted as house manager, victory over sin, falsely accused, imprisoned, promoted inside this jail, but then forgotten for two years, and then boom, second in command, prime minister. Sounds, Looks familiar, right? Somehow our life is like that. But it depends solely on God's presence, and it also somehow depends on how we respond to the presence of God in our lives. I like this passage in Lamentations chapter three. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him. To the person who—that's waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord is seeking His presence. A lot of people can say, "I'm waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord," but you're not seeking God. You can't wait on the Lord when you're not seeking Him. Because when you're waiting on the Lord, you're saying, Lord, I'm just seeking your will. Because as you seek your will, He's going to guide you. I promise He's going to guide you step by step. He's going to send people to remind you. He's going to send people to direct you. That's God's work and His presence in your life when we wait on the Lord. What's our message again? Live in God's presence. Imagine how God impacted the life or the emotional life of Joseph. He could have given up because he was in prison and forgotten but he responded emotionally well. And not just while he was waiting, huh? but he also responded emotionally well when he was already the second in command. Because if we are in we're second in command. And then we saw our brothers, look at the next verse, who threw us, sold us as a slave. If you are that, then you see brothers. They na are because there's a famine also in their land. If I am that, you will And I noticed the struggle of Joseph. Because when you read the story, he really struggled. There was that conflicting emotional feeling. Will I reveal myself? Will I not? And then he wanted to see his other brother, Benjamin. He wanted to see his other brother because Benjamin wasn't there. So he wanted to see. He wanted to test his brothers. He put money on their sacks. I mean, that's the story. So maybe he was conflicted. He was struggling. What will I do? What will I do? You know one of the hardest things to do especially in, the, in in your emotional life is to forgive It's one of the hardest things to do because I know one of our challenges for a lot of us who are here Some people have hurt you and maybe until now you haven't forgiven that person. This was a greater pain for Joseph He was sold, but eventually he revealed himself What happened in verse 3 of chapter 45 Joseph said to his brothers. I am Joseph. He was crying. He was weeping is my father still alive? His brothers could not answer. And eventually the father came. The father, There was were forgiveness. They were hugging each other. They all moved to Egypt. And then one day, th- look at the, what happened here. They were blaming themselves. They were saying, why did we ever sold you as a slave? And then what did Joseph say? Because you sold me here, verse 5 and 6. Let's go to verse 5 and 6. For God sent me, what? Before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years. God sent me here to preserve life. And even in verse 9, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Do not delay. And verse 50, chapter 50, verse 20, 21. We read this earlier. Look, let's look at verse 20. You meant, let's read this together. You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Change of perspective. You know, I realized one of the biggest Uh, impact in your life when you're living in God's presence is to change your perspective and help you forgive those people who have hurt you. Because when we're hurt, it's so hard to think straight. Hira, hurt You got disappointed. eh. You're so hurt, you're so bitter, it's hard talaga. Only the presence of God can soften that hurt, that pain, and give you a better perspective and eventually help you forgive. The good thing with this story is of course they were reconciled but I know some of your story you've forgiven but you haven't been reconciled because it takes two to experience reconciliation but here's my challenge in you what's our message again live in God's presence don't give up reaching out especially to your family members don't give up praying I know it's tiring because your husband is not changing your wife is not changing your kids are always like this I know it's tiring but never give up praying because God's presence Is with you when you live in God's presence what happens it will impact your work life it will impact your moral life and it will impact your emotional life as we end I want us to see what happened here I want us to see something that maybe we haven't discovered while reading the story of Joseph because I realize in every difficulty that we face look at the statement in every difficulty that we face there's always can we flash that there there's always a treasure waiting for those who are living in God's presence. There's always a treasure. As you wait, ha, let me show you the treasures ha, in the life of Joseph. He was the favorite son, right? He was in this chart. He was the favorite son and then he was sold by his brothers. And if you think clearly, kung hindi siya nabenta, he wouldn't be a slave. Right? So if you look at it that way, kailangan slave siya. You might be asking then bakit pa siya kailangan a slave? Why Did this have to happen because as a slave he was slave under what's the name of his boss Potiphar Potiphar was what the captain of the guard he wouldn't understand the military structure of Egypt and prepare him for his role as Prime Minister if he wasn't a slave of Potiphar specifically because he was in the land of Canaan He doesn't know Egyptian culture He doesn't know Egyptian laws He doesn't know how the military operates And now he was under a boss Who understands everything And he, since he was favored by Potiphar Most probably Potiphar told him You know, this is my work This is what I do These are the soldiers And when he was in charge He knows how to handle that He needed to be a slave For him to learn that now, afterwards alright. Okay? and then he kept fleeing he was kept on doing what God wants him to do and then he was falsely accused if he wasn't falsely accused if he didn't if he gave in wala he wouldn't be in prison maybe he was living his life silently and secretly having this affair with the wife of Potiphar but he gave he didn't give in he was faithful to God he was thrown into prison and if Walash is a prison he wouldn't have met the chief cup bearer. And dilang the good thing in prison is he knows the normal people of Egypt. Because those who were in prison, may kilala sa mga labas. He knows the lifestyle of the Egyptians, he knows how the poor people respond to authority, and he won them. Imagine, he won the hearts of the military, he won the hearts of the normal people which makes him qualified to lead Egypt. And finally, he was forgotten. Now what if he wasn't forgotten? What if the cupbearer remembered right away? There's this guy, Pharaoh. Oh, let's let let him out. That's it. That's the end. He will be out of prison and that's it. She's happy or maybe he's going to go back to, to Canaan and he will meet his father. I'm still alive. And then the coat is there and then that's it. His brothers are still angry. But he had to be forgotten until the time that Pharaoh was so desperate that nobody could interpret the dream. Right? Saktong, saktong He couldn't interpret. Nobody could interpret. Now, aren't you surprised? He, they told the dream, Pharaoh told the dream to all the magicians. Kung ako yung magician, narinig ko yung dream, I could have invented something. Alam mo, Pharaoh, I think this is what's gonna happen. Pharaoh could have believed it, but nobody spoke. That's surprising. That's God's work. God's sovereignty and when that happened that's the time the cupbearer remembered I mayroong someone who can interpret that's when he was put in charge in Egypt and do you know what else huh? what else why they need to go to Egypt here's another good news look at this verse chapter 50 verse 24 let's read this together We're about to end. Joseph said to his brothers I am about to die God will surely take care of you and bring you up to this land, to the land which He promised on oath to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Remember this passage, Genesis 15. That's the time God told Abraham, your people will be in another land for 400 years. That's a prophecy. That's God's promise. And when you're there, I will never leave you. I will be with you. I'll provide for you to the point that you're gonna leave that land not empty handed, and that's what happened in the life of Moses and all the Israelites. It wouldn't have happened if hindi ng nangyari lahat ng NASA chart. That's why God sees more than what we see, God knows more than what we know, and God's path is always better than ours. Can we just give a clap offering to our Lord? Last lang, last story because i really want to share this because there's this pastor that i highly respect and he passed away recently he was well respected in the christian world he wrote a lot of books amazing books and uh, he preached really well he was so faithful in preaching the gospel of christ he was so faithful in building his church in new york and he reached a lot of people not just in the in in u.s but all over the world but he passed away just today i think a few hours ago because of pancreatic cancer he struggled with that for three years or two years and just today he passed away but I like what what he said one of his last words his name is Tim Keller one of his last words before he passed away was this there is no downside for me leaving not in the slightest and that's what happens when you're living in God's presence when you're living in God's presence and you're hurting you're not losing in other words, in Tagalog, hindi ka If you're hurting and you're in God's presence, hindi ka Because God is working something. If you are, you know, not, you didn't get what you want and still you're in God's presence, hindi ka rin talo. You're not in the losing end. Because God is working. Imagine, uh, even in death, if you're in God's presence, hindi ka Because that means you will be with Him forever. That's why my challenge to you is what? Live in God's presence. Now, can we all stand up? I want to pray for you. I don't know how this message is spoken to you right now. I know God is speaking. I really believe God is here. I really believe He loves you. Can we just bow down our heads, close our eyes? I want to pray for two specific groups of people here tonight. The first group that I want to pray for, for those who haven't received Jesus in their hearts, You are not committed to God yet. You know, Jesus promised eternal life to those who believe in Him. Jesus died at the cross for your sins and my sins, and He rose again to prove that He is God. The first step, if you want to live in God's presence, is to receive Jesus in your heart with your all. So if you're that person and God is speaking to you right now, pray this prayer from your heart. Say, Jesus, please forgive me for all my sins. Today I acknowledge that you are my Savior and Lord. There's no one else that is worthy to be followed except you. So Jesus, teach me to humble myself. I give my life to you and I want to live in your presence day by day. Now for the second group of people I want to pray for. Lord, for majority of us, we have a relationship with you. But just like a lot of Christians right now, sometimes we ask the question, is it still worth it? Especially when there are challenges please god what will help us make this journey worth it is your presence because you're the ultimate blessing so dear god please help us to stay always side by side with you in your presence being aware that you are with us your presence is here in our lives you're there never to leave us nor forsake us and even if we have failed many times you're there to give us second chance third chance fourth chance for us to live the life that you want us to live Thank you for your message to all of us, Lord. We give you glory, give you honor and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Thanks for joining us. We'd love to stay connected with you. So make sure to subscribe to our podcast or connect with an Elevate group through our website. See you at our next podcast.